Hi, this is Mike Peters from Big Country. This is Bruce Watson from Big Country. This is Mark Brzezicki. Hi, this is Jamie Watson from Big Country, and you're listening to The Great Divide Podcast. Stay alive. Okay, guys, welcome to episode 25 of the Great Divide podcast. This is part two of our discussion of the Big Country album covers. And we're not going to make a huge deal about it, but we have to mention that this is a special episode because, as I just said, it's episode 25. It is our silver anniversary, as we would call it, um, here in America. I don't know if that's carried over in other parts of the world, but when people are married 25 years, they call it their silver anniversary. Don't know why. But anyway, 25 uh, Great Divide podcast episodes. I can't believe we've done that many, but um, we have. So, yeah, go ahead. It's fine. It's, it's with me as usual, of course. It's fine from Norway. Yeah, so it's 23 for me, 25 for you. But it's still a big accomplishment. And does this make us into an old married couple? Uh, no. <laughs> I would never marry you. I am much relieved. <laughs> But uh, either way, yeah, it, it is 23 for Svein, 25 for me, but it's 25 for us. I mean, we, it, it's it's our show, so we're, we're just absorbing those first two episodes. So the 25th episode, we didn't want to let it go by without doing something um, to note it. And at first, we were just going to mention that it was our 25th episode and thank everybody for listening to the show, for helping the show to grow. It's, it's constantly growing and adding new people and – we really uh, hear back from a lot of you guys a lot through the Big Country Podcast at gmail.com email address and on the Facebook page. And it really means a lot to hear from you, honestly, and to, and to hear that the show is something you enjoy listening to. And we constantly get comments from people saying that it's great to hear people who are just as geeked out about Big Country as they are. So that's always great. But beyond that, we have something else that we want to do to commemorate this uh, monumental episode. And we have to thank the great John Gouveia for this, pretty much the third member of our podcast crew who is not heard very often, but his presence is felt every episode. He hosts the show on his web web server and everything else. So John has graciously donated what is really a, a, a pretty much a big country rarity, a recent big country rarity, and that is the In a Broken Promised Land 7-inch. It's the, the vinyl that was released uh, earlier – uh, to promote the Journey album and to promote, promote this song as a single, it has Flower of Scotland on it, which is a rare instrumental that the band recorded. It's the instrumental that they use to come on stage to during the Journey tour. And John has agreed to donate – or not agreed. He's offered to donate this to the winner of a competition that Svein and I have developed to commemorate the 25th uh, episode of the Great Divide podcast. So we want to clue you in on that before we get back to the content of this episode. So at the end of this episode, we're going to give you the specifics on how you can enter this contest and how you can win a copy of In a Broken Promised Land, the 7-inch vinyl, and have it sent to you free of charge, and it should be a really cool prize to win. So stay tuned, and we'll talk about that after the show. Shit! 
Hi, Lance here from Oregon, USA, and I'm a 30-year hardcore big country fan. I also happen to have a master's degree in graphic design and have taught it at the high school and college level for 22 years. So I want to kind of chime in just with a couple thoughts um, about the last podcast. I want to say I couldn't agree more uh, about the first three albums. Great design. Um, Steel Town being fantastic with um, um, technicality and theme and color scheme, etc., etc. Jules obviously trained and um, and presents the elements and principles of art very clearly wonderful artwork um steel town of course being the best i think i mentioned that but uh what i wanted to mention was the last 10 15 years um, of all the rarity and web releases that big countries put out uh, by someone named raw and as i recall that has some sort of connection with ian grant and i just have to say from a trained designer point of view her, that those are horrendous designs terrible it looks like someone who's got photoshop just throws a couple filters on and calls that design and that's not the case breaks every rule in the book um, and that's what i tell my students i show i've actually shown examples of these saying this is what not to do uh, probably some of the worst are look at rarities five open up the last page and then no one like uh, no place like home um, images there and you can't read the text just horrendous contrast probably the worst of them all is the in the scud um, and that just breaks again every rule in the design book so uh, it kind of cheapens the band doesn't present them very well however I think the whoever is doing the artwork for the last uh, several alarm releases really knows what they're doing beautiful design guerrilla tactics direct action even the uh, vinyl soundtrack the digipack beautiful gorgeous design so maybe the next big country release they get a hold of that person to do the artwork for them um, and then just last thing I want to chime in on is the big country logo gorgeous logo done way back in the day with cut and paste and, and exacto knives that kind of thing i've been trying to track down that font for years so if anybody knows maybe post that i thought i found it years ago but but lost it and uh so if anybody knows that or if they have a uh, vector version eps version of the logo upload that man love to find that all right keep on rocking in a free world Yeah, the seer. Uh, the credits uh, again say original sleeve design by JB. And uh, actually, we didn't say this for Steel Town. We forgot, but uh, there is no credit there. It doesn't credit JB on the on the CD. <laughs> well, but, so he, uh, he, he must have felt really cool for that one. Yeah, he must have felt good. You know, it, it <laughs> might it might have been on the vinyl. I, I'm not sure, but it's not on the CD. So that's uh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but he is back on uh, on the seer. But no Q branch uh, this time. No Q branch, so he's doing it all by himself. But it also uh, credits, of course, as we heard, illustration by David Da Silva, who uh, did the eagle painting. So uh, we have yet another iconic sleeve here. And like a lot of classic cover designs that we have stared on for ages, it's almost impossible to imagine anything else. So uh, I try to put myself back in the shoes of the teenager who saw it new in the shops. And that's pretty hard. But I remember being very happy with it when I first saw it. And I thought, this is a great fit to the music on the album. But of course, that doesn't mean I didn't have a question about some of the choices. And with the passage of time, you sometimes get so used to it that you forget the questions from your youth. Uh, but just by preparing for this episode, some of those questions have reappeared in my mind. Not necessarily because I still have those questions, but because I just remember having them then. And uh, one of them was around the composition of this cover, which uh, at first perhaps struck me as a little strange. Uh, like we have the eagle, we have the symbol of the atom, we have the small yellow globe, and we have the gray backdrop. 
And so I wondered, how does this all fit together? And that's a key thing for all the early big country albums, where there are ingredients on the sleeves, which all point in the same direction. But sometimes it's not as clear as other times, and the sleeve for the series is definitely one that is not readily uh, readily evident to the casual observer, which way does this all point together. Uh, of course, as we dig deeper, it does make sense, and uh, we've done a bit of that since then. But uh, looking at the actual elements, the eagle is clearly the main focal point here, with uh, the rest of it in many ways being just dressing to the eagle. So there's no denying the centerpiece is the eagle, and the detail on that drawing is fantastic, and in some ways pointing towards the style of the montages that followed on the next few albums. Um, the eagle itself in my mind, is an obvious link to the song I Lead On, which mentions the eagles. But uh, looking deeper than that, uh, I did a search and found that the eagle is the national bird of Scotland. And suddenly there's a click in my brain. So to be precise, the golden-eyed eagle is the Scottish national bird. And I'm no ornithologist, but the pictures I see online, at least, of the golden-eyed eagle have an uncanny resemblance to the eagle on the cirrus sleeve. So that's a connection. Uh, and it's clearly signaling a certain Scottishness, but to be honest, I never really knew about that until recently. I always thought the link was Eileen, and as simple as that. And that perhaps the other elements on the sleeve could be coming from other songs, but it goes deeper than that as usual. Uh, at least as usual for the Julian Baum designed uh, motifs. So uh, the choice of grey as the colour of backdrop is interesting. And um, I would have to say I like it, but I'm not so sure if that's because I'm used to it. Uh, I'm not sure I was ecstatic about the grade to begin with. You know, I never had a problem with it, but I doubt I would have had a problem with it if it had been light blue or the correct shade of green either. I just think no matter the color, we would be used to it by now and have embraced that color like we now have embraced the gray. So looking at the significance of the eagle, the atom, the globe, uh, one can wonder about the significance of gray and what is that really? Or is there a significance? Uh, in keeping with the Scottish themes on the album, I have this theory that it's an ode to the Scottish weather. <laughs> so if they had gone for a different color to begin with, I'm sure we would have been horrified to have someone suggest gray instead. So I'm definitely a purist in the sense that I don't want things changed once it's done and finished and out there. So the gray, I'm more used to it than an active early supporter, but... Uh, it, it's fine, but others could probably have worked fine too. So looking at the cover design, I always had this feeling and perhaps a personal theory, uh, because I certainly saw nothing that backs this up. So just just thinking that Eileen uh, might have been imagined as an album title at some point, and that the sleeve reflects that choice. So the design is here, the eagle, the globe... In some way, the atom, which could represent the future, which is also mentioned in the song I lead on, uh, it goes pretty far in pointing towards that song as almost the sole inspiration uh, for the concept for the sleeve design. So, but of course, the album is not called I lead on, it's called The Seer. So um, unlike the two first album, uh, where the sleeve design and the album title have immediate and clear links, this one clearly goes deeper than that. And I'm not saying that the album sleeve needs to represent exactly what the title says. It's really just an observation. And perhaps it's more about the themes of the album rather than illustrating the album's title, which is totally fine. Uh, 
if that album had been called I Lead and I think the link between the title and the sleeve design would have made perfect sense to every big country fan and not the least because I think we can all agree that the song I Lead on in many ways is the centerpiece of the album and more than any other song on the album represents the themes that Stuart were addressing on this album overall yeah I had no idea that uh, the eagle was the national bird of Scotland that's that's interesting that's really interesting that makes a lot more sense than um, adding that Scottish connection to the album cover that's that's very cool had no idea. As to the idea of it being called I Lead On, that, that's – you never know. That could have been thrown out there. I know Stewart has often said that that – in the past, he had said that that was his favorite big country song of all time. I know he's mentioned that on more than one occasion mm-hmm. as being his favorite. So it certainly would not surprise me. I think he has even said that – I mean we talked about the origins of that word and the origins of that song before. But maybe that's that title was just a little bit too obscure for – the, the common person to understand as far yeah, as them exactly. not choosing it. You know, people would say, yeah. what does I lead on mean? But really, exactly. I mean, yeah, but really, I mean, the word the seer isn't something that you hear all the time in, in rock rock and roll parlance either. But um, I always kind of, for me, it, it always worked as, as being tied into the seer, speaking of, of the eagle specifically, because for me personally, there's always some sort of um, – connection with mysticism and something spiritual so it, it always worked for me i mean seeing the sea or seeing the eagle with the atom behind it and the earth beneath it there were so many uh possibilities there so many it, it just it covered such a broad spectrum of topics just with those images that the seer worked for me thinking of what that song is about and what the overall feeling of the album was looking back looking forward um as far as the gray yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's kind of like what we mentioned on the Steel Town album that that color palette wasn't really something you saw a lot of in rock and roll, mm-hmm. and certainly you don't see gray very often as a choice for putting forth an album. And it, it, when you were talking about it, it just struck me that maybe that's one of the other reasons that for some reason this album always reminds me of uh, it, it always reminds me of the American South. It's I don't know why exactly. I mean, there was there's an outtake called Song of the South, which obviously is not about um, the American South or the Civil War, but gray was the color of the Confederate Army. And then I've, I've often said that uh, in the Civil War in America, and I've often said that I thought the band's outfits at the time looked like the outfits that plantation owners back in the South would have worn. So, <laughs> so with all those things in mind, gray actually makes sense <laughs> for my for my feeling of this being like a Southern American album, even though the music sounds nothing like uh, anything that would come from that. But, yeah, but you um, make it fit always. You know, in, in your mind, you somehow make it fit. Yeah, I've always loved this this album cover. It's it's um. I, and again, the, as you said, the eagle is so detailed and and stunning. And this is really one of my favorite T-shirt designs. I wish I had one. I wish I had a seer T-shirt. I'm gonna have to try to find one. I don't know. That that has always been a really powerful image to me. And I, I thought it was interesting to hear from Julian that he tried to design the eagle initially and just didn't think he had done a good job. But he did give the impression that he still has that somewhere. So again, Julian, if you're listening, hopefully. Maybe you can unearth that original drawing if you still have it and and, and show it to us uh, complete geek, big country fans because we would yeah. love to see it. But, we put um, it on the podcast. Yeah, we, we would, definitely. But it, the other thing that I liked about it is that it kind of carried over a little bit some of the stuff from The Crossing with like these little images throughout. And uh, again, I'm looking at the remastered CD liner notes. And I, I, I know some of this stuff was on the album version too, but I can't remember exactly what. 
Um, but you've got like little anchors in it. You've got um, some other thing which is kind of odd. It's like a it looks like a, a war medal or something. It's like a yeah, a medal got, of valor. Yeah, is that what it is? I think that's, so. That's what it looks like. So, and again, that kind of fits with the music, and it, it kind of ties back in with the whole design uh, motifs of the crossing, which I like. I don't really know what what the little things are on the back um, when it's just got the atom and then a couple little gears. But in a way, in a way, like it's got a gear that almost goes back, a red gear that almost refers back to Steeltown, and then there's almost something that looks something like a blue compass that almost refers back to the crossing. So. And yeah, that's exactly what it does. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and it's interesting because there are three of them, and this is the third album, and then we've got the yellow globe representing this album. So. Yeah, and I actually had to look at the back, and I saw the compass, I saw the steel wheel, and I saw this yellow globe, and then I had to turn and say, "Oh, that's right. There's a yellow globe at the bottom of the sear cover." <laughs> so, um, it almost uh, slips by a little bit In fact, because it, the eagle is so strong, and it is the focal point. Yeah, and I never realized that before until now, and just saying it. So that's something new that I've just just discovered for myself. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Yeah. So it's, that's interesting. But I mean, as a as a cover, I I think it's still got the classic big country feel to it that we've become accustomed to with the first two albums. Um, it's an iconic image for me. Uh, I love it. This, this would be, for me, this would be my number two. Right. Yeah. And I love it too. And, uh, but I still rank it as number three. Okay, cool. Okay, so now we're on to peace in our time, and we are also at the end of Julian Baum's involvement with the band, sadly. sadly. <laughs> That's what we both say. So yeah, uh, because yeah, those were one, two, and three for us, so that tells you what we think of his work. So peace in our time, wow, interesting cover that we've got here. Everything is interesting about this. I'll never forget, and I mentioned this on another podcast, but I'll repeat myself briefly here. I'll never forget buying the cassette of peace in our time. And opening it up and seeing the picture of the band and being shocked by what they look like with those big smiles and the crazy hair and all that. Um, the cover, I, the cover, I'm kind of, uh, I'm just ambivalent about. I mean, for one thing, it's not a good cover from some of my other criteria that I've had with these other ones. As far as if you look at this cover from a distance, and really even if you look at it fairly up close. It's just kind of a blob of images. I mean, especially if you look at it from a distance, you would not know what it was. It would be like, what is this? Now, the the colors I kind of like. It's a it's one of the more colorful sleeves um, in the Big Country catalog so far. It's it's got a lot of bright, catchy colors, bright, shiny colors to capture the idiot's attention. But <laughs> but as a design, um, I think it's it it's more interesting the closer you look at it and and go through it, but I don't think it's a very good design um, as far as capturing someone's interest or someone's attention. And again, I think we've got to look at what album art meant back then versus what it means now, which I, I wish it meant the same thing. But I think people don't pay nearly as much attention to it these days because you don't have the the album artwork appearing on big vinyl sleeves so much anymore, at least not in stores. and. Back then, that's what you did. I mean, the CD was starting to become more popular at this time when this album was released, 88. Um, 
but you still had plenty of vinyl out too. So, you know, you walk into a store and you see this. To me, it's just like a blob of imagery. I always thought the perfect album cover for Peace in Our Time should have been the single sleeve for Peace in Our Time, which, if you remember, was a hybrid of the American flag and the Soviet flag. And I always thought that was a stunning image that just grabbed you immediately. And granted, I, th- I think you could get into some criticisms if they would have done that because you could think, well, what about you know the rest of the world, et cetera? And, and that's understandable. But back then, if you look at the political landscape and what was dominating it, it really was Soviet-U.S. relations in a lot of respects. I mean, the Cold War was still going on, and that was a lot of what this album was about, and as well as the tour of Moscow and the Soviet Union that they did. So to me, that that single sleeve for Peace in Our Time was awesome. It was a really cool image. It grabbed you immediately. You, you looked at it and thought, wow, that's cool. I think that should have been the cover of the album. This, I think, if somebody showed me this piece of artwork, I would think, yeah, that's interesting. That's cool. But as an album cover, I just don't think it works well at all. And also the, the title, Peace in Our Time, is in this very, very hard-to-read cursive uh, font and – there's, I mean, there's no way you can read that without like really holding it up to yourself and looking at it. So, this this one to me, I think, was, a, I don't want to say a failure because I don't hate it, but I think this was a poor a poor decision for the cover. And again, it it mirrors the music in the sense that a lot of us were not happy with the direction they went musically, and it seemed like they were confused. I get the feeling for this cover too. It's like they they feel like they were confused. So, yeah. That's that's really all I have to say about it initially. <laughs> right. So we can mention that the the guy doing the sleeve design now is Paul Harrison. Uh, but the more interesting credit is uh, something saying design concept, which was Paul Harrison and Ian Grant. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I thought I'd leave that for you. Yeah, well, okay. So um, Ian Grant may have... Uh, obviously as the senior person involved in the big country hierarchy, might have had a lot to say on how this was about to be formed. Yeah, maybe. And uh, and we know uh, that he masterminded a lot of the thinking behind the Soviet-slash-US uh, type of peace in our time type approach. And we know he wanted Stuart to be the spokesperson for culture. So uh, he might have orchestrated that and tried to maybe force Stuart into a role he wasn't comfortable with mm-hmm. and also orchestrated the entire peace in our time concept and the sleeve. So I just see a lot of masterminding here from uh, from management. So um, uh, it's a pretty drastic change, obviously. So you mentioned it yourself. This is not uh, an easy, simple design. This is a fuller sleeve, lots of detail, totally braced with earlier sleeves. So there's nothing straightforward really about it. So uh, I, I've spent a lot of hours over the years looking at this and trying to grasp what it's about. And I think the first thing you see are obviously the the allusions to the Garden of Eden with a naked man and woman sitting peacefully in the wild amid plants and animals. So I could be wrong about that, but if this is not meant to be a reflection of the Garden of Eden, then the nature of the sleeve would change dramatically with what, what are these nude people sitting out here for? So that's a path we won't go down here. So. Well, it's like it would be the, the sleeve for the teacher single based on your description of what the teacher was about. Yeah, that train had sadly passed by then. <laughs> so uh, one of the first thing you notice after the naked people, who obviously just had sex, uh, are the eagles flying. And uh, there's uh, that does a nice nod to the seer. 
and I go, oh, they included elements from all the previous album. That's really nice, except that's really not the case. There's obviously no sign of any factory pipes, no steel wheels from Steeltown, uh, nor any of the designs from the crossing. But in the middle of this landscape, there is a big city. So if you look at that, it's placed rather nicely into it all. And I don't feel like it's meant to be jarring, like perhaps one would think. Uh, you often see or hear comments about cities taking over at the expense of nature. Uh, but instead, in this case, I get the sense that this is a more utopian city. Uh, it fits in perfectly. Uh, and it fits more with the overall theme of the album as well. Uh, and the town includes elements from both the East and the West. So you will see the Statue of Liberty. And you will see... Well, for example, some Russian Orthodox church buildings like the ones we see in Moscow. So mm. it's a mishmash from the two different cultures. And mm -hmm. from that perspective, uh, the title of the album is actually represented in the art, like it is for the first two albums, at least, I will say, and perhaps the third. But it's very much hidden. And you need yeah. to start looking at it in that great detail to see it. And that's not good. People don't study albums like that at least in the store you need to have something striking so uh, on that account i think it failed even though a lot of thought obviously went into it perhaps too much thought i think it's too clever for its own good uh, so uh, another thing is that the album used element from famous paintings and i have to credit my wife jen here she is the one in the family with more extensive knowledge of such things uh, but amongst other things the woman on the sleeve is based on a painting by Maxfield Parrish called Stars. So if you search for Maxfield Parrish Stars online, you will get that picture and you will recognize it immediately. Way to go, and, Jen. Uh, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. So that's actually mind-blowing. So you can start wondering how many of these other elements are taken from other famous pieces of art or uh, famous clippings. And I don't know that. I'm, I don't really have that knowledge. But uh, it might be more than we realize. Right. Another thing, to the right of the man in the image, there is a swallow, which is prominently found on a single sleeve for King of Emotion. Yeah. And one thing I, it kind of struck me as odd. For peace in our time, you would have thought they would put a dove in there. I, I don't see a single dove here. So maybe less thought than we think went into this. So now I've argued for more and less thought. So who knows? Find your own answer. Uh, so uh, the sleeve is the last one, which is represented on the four art cards in the BBC box. And I have to admit, when you hold that larger card and take in the full motive, it's pretty dang cool to see. So obviously I do have some connection to it as I've had the album for, I think it's 25 years now. Uh, but it's not my favorite Big Country album, and it yeah. is a definite drop from the earlier sleeves, but it does better than some of them in the catalog. Yeah, it does. I, I think uh, your your description of it and, and your dissection of it was great. I I think they could have, um, and especially with your what you say about the utopian city mixing the east and west, Yeah, that just brings me back to that sleeve again. I think they could have accomplished that sense of what they were trying to get across with that sleeve of the of the hybrid flag. I think that would have been a more striking image, but um, yeah, that's. I, I, and again, I can't see this on a T-shirt. You know, I, you can't see this image on a T-shirt unless it was in some kind of rectangular box, which would look terrible. And I think in the T-shirts they did release at the time, that swallow carried over as the main motif, which I actually always liked that swallow, even though you're right, it, it uh, the dove seems like the more obvious choice when you're talking about peace. But I always liked that swallow. There was something kind of sweet about it especially on the king of emotion single is very simple but and i believe they carried that over on some of those t-shirts which i like too but uh but yeah i agree overall it, it it doesn't really work that well for me 
but it's not the no. worst. No, it isn't. It's really in the middle of what we have left, so I rank it number six. <laughs> Me too. No Place Like Home. Uh, so this is uh, another one by Paul Harrison, who designed the piece in our time as well. Uh, I did not see any Ian Grant credit this time, so uh, we can keep <laughs> him out of it for the time being. Uh, so this is uh, an interesting one. Uh, a tornado of patterns, flowers, various elements, and, <laughs> and, and what have you. So just straight up in the Can You Spot It department, if you look real closely, you can actually find the heads of Stuart, Bruce, and Tony inside the tornado. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was fantastic when I noticed it. Took me a I while, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Um, so that's uh, probably the most fascinating bit about the tornado. But uh, I have to say, I'm really fascinated with the color coding on the cover. If you look at the album and the content in there, it's very atmospheric. And there are songs of foreboding and with certain moods. And songs like Dynamite Lady and Hostage Speaks, Comes a Time, Leap of Faith, and even the version of Kansas on this album. And not the least, the unforgettable stellar classic Yumi and the truth, notwithstanding. <laughs> there is a mood and ambience and atmosphere in here that uh, at time totally underpins that big country ominousness, that this something is coming feeling that we always uh, felt the band taps into. Going back to songs like The Storm, Lost Patrol, Seer, Over the Border, All Fall Together, etc., etc. So, you know, this cover manages to underpin that for me. So... Uh, in terms of how fitting it is with the music on the album, I think it uh, hits the mark. And it's almost like the tornado is sweeping away all those things on the piece in our time cover. And they're all sort of mishmashed in that tornado. And below it, you have room left for the very dark blue and dark green in the new world below. So it feels like nighttime there. And a lot of the album also gives the impression of nighttime to me. So you mentioned how Steel Town is a fall album for you. And No Place Like Home is a night album for me. So um, it's an excellent night, late night listening album. I rarely put it on in the morning. And that's not because I don't like it. It's just it takes a different box in my mind. So uh, from that perspective, it uh, it's really fascinating. And the band was really going through a strange time. And that that is somehow reflected in this. Uh, could they have put something more interesting inside a tornado? Probably. But uh, it still sort of works for me. Uh Again, I have one nit with the new version of this, and I call it the new, and that's referring to the logo. And this is going to sound strange because I prefer the classic logo, but they had originally a new logo for No Place Like Home, and they changed it. They took that old logo, the bad logo, if you will, away. They put the classic logo on for the remaster, and it's really strange how I feel about that. And obviously, I agree there's only one correct Big Country logo, but uh, I would like the things to stay like they meant it at the time. Right. Like it was a strange time for the band. They tried something new. Maybe it didn't work, but that was what they tried. And I kind of like that. And that's the album I had with that logo on it. And now it's sort of erased forever. So revisionist history is something I don't really care for. Let's talk about that, that logo for a minute. I mean, to me, that's completely indicative of of, as I said, the confusion of the band trying, grasping at something that they thought could bring them back. I mean, Peace in Our Time didn't do what they wanted it to do. At this point, they're really struggling commercially, I think. And 
I just wonder who is who is the idiot who thought that big country should be reduced to lowercase a lowercase fancy curly logo. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it completely removes the whole theme of the band and what they were about. I mean, big country, let's make it lowercase and cursive and, and something that doesn't even connotate anything big whatsoever. I mean, if you're going to change the logo, change it, but at least keep the spirit of what the what the band name says intact. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like there was no thought whatsoever given to that. Um, as as a cover, I can't say that it has that foreboding sense to that it does for you, for me. It, it doesn't feel that way to me. It's it's a weird cover. I mean, it's like on one hand, it's kind of a, an absolute mess, uh, but on the other, I kind of do feel like you do as far as the colors are really kind of interesting. I don't know. I, I look at the the tapestry of colors in that tornado, and it's there is something interesting about it. I mean, there's something very um, you know, they, it from an artistic perspective, it's there. There's some talent there, and, and some some interesting thought process that went into this. And I look at it, and then there's something pleasing about the color scheme. But overall, I feel like it's just – I don't know. It's just a it, – it, again, it's its kind of back to the piece in our time thing, and it, maybe that could have something to do with the, the fact that it's the same guy that did it. I don't know. But even though if you would have told me that, I really wouldn't have – I really wouldn't have put that together on my own because they really do like look like very different covers to me. But mm-hmm. – the one thing they have in common is that they're both full of images, just overstuffed with images, almost too much for me. Um, right. It, it almost has like a cartoon vibe to me, and so it's got more like a happy feel to it rather than something foreboding. I mean, to me, something that would have meshed better with the music would have been a tornado, which I think is a great idea for a cover, um, especially considering the lyrics in the Kansas thing, but would have been a more realistic depiction of a tornado and, or, you know, might've worked better for me. Um, the font is another thing that, that kind of adds to that down home old West type of happy feel. I mean, you've got these, this really weird looking font that kind of curves up and down and I'll give them credit. They carry that over throughout the whole album and it's, they, they did a good job from the standpoint of building a theme and sticking with it. I mean, the theme carries through, the liner notes and and everything else, but um, yeah, to me, it's an album cover that does fit with the music on some level, and that is how I feel about the album is that it's always been a very confused album, and I think the artwork is very confused as well. Like they're just struggling for something, and they're just trying too hard. It's just too much. A happy cover. <laughs> I'm still getting over what you said about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you've, you know, you've got like that, the little, it, it looks like a, it looks like a cartoon to me. And that's, that's, it's not like it puts a big smile on my face, but it definitely doesn't do anything to me that makes me feel a sense of gloom and doom. It's just like, even the heads, even the faces in the tornado are kind of like, you know, happy expressions or at least just normal expressions. And then you've got yeah. all these funny little designs and, I don't know. And yeah. see, I, I never thought of it as night either, but, but I can see what you're saying there. But I always, to me, it just looked like in the middle of the day a tornado coming by. But yeah, the thing is, uh, this tornado is clearly sweeping away a whole lot of stuff, and I think um, the fact that the band members are being swept away with it is is an interesting thing. Whether that's meant to to illustrate anything or not, this is neither here nor there. But I kind like, of see what is that stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 
it would have been nice if they put some like the the boys uh, own uh, illustrations in that tornado or something like that that maybe instead of the wild hippie flower funky colors and lines thing it almost looks like there's a compass in there out toward the left but i don't think it is but it almost looks like a compass <laughs> perhaps i see a wheel there too yeah, maybe that's what I'm looking at. That's probably the It's wheel. probably a yellow globe. It's probably the seer being swept away into the <laughs> box. But I, I kind of feel like it clearly leaves a whole lot of space below it. And it's it's dark colors, which is why I, uh, it's, uh, it's a night sky to me. It's not a day sky. And uh, there's kind of like the lone house in the middle of the field. Just kind of – that could be a boy's own illustration, like the lone uh, house somewhere out on the moors or – I just tap a bit into that, and that brings home some of that thing. So, um, But then you flip it over, and you've got the faces of all the guys standing there with these giant smiles on their faces. <laughs> I don't flip it over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a bit confusing in terms of uh, overall style. It certainly doesn't have the full package like The Crossing does. Definitely not. But then again, at this point, nobody really would ever again. To me, it's one of the lower-ranked ones, almost the lowest. I have it ranked number eight. Wow. Yeah, I definitely like it better than you then. It's, uh, it's number four for me. Okay, so we've got the Buffalo Skinners now, and we're back to the band really kind of trying to go back to their past for this album musically. They got back with Chris Briggs. They were given a lot more freedom than they had before. They broke with Phonogram. They were trying to reconnect with the magic that they had in the early days. And I think this comes across in the in the cover. Once again, we've got, much like The Crossing, we've got a very simple design for the cover. Um, and yet, it's, for me, it's a very striking design. We've got these two red buffaloes and... I love it. I think it's I think it's a really really strong, really good cover, and fitting with the best of um, best of these covers. Once again, it really um, speaks well to the music that's contained in the album. I mean, it's the cover. There's something there's something for me that I've always loved anyway about Buffalo. I've always been a big fan of Native American culture. I since I was a little kid, uh, Indians were something that I just loved to learn about and. I've always and Redskins. And Redskins. That's probably why I, I, I'm sure that's something to do with why I picked them as my favorite football team. But so Buffalo has always been very associated with that for me. And um, there's something always been something mystical about the Buffalo and uh, the way that was treated in Native American culture and the way here in America, the Buffalo almost became extinct because um, the white man hunted it so much and and. And almost drove it to extinction. So I, I know those themes come into play in throughout the lyrics of these this album. You know, just greed and corporate greed, and and having no uh, respect for nature and that kind of thing, which we see in Chester's Farm and that kind of thing. So to me, it's just an incredibly powerful image. Um, it's not the it's not artistically it's not the most advanced or even impressive image, but. I like the fact that they went back to something simple. I love the fact at the time, especially that they went back to the classic big country logo because I always hated that lowercase no place like home logo. So I was glad that was a very short lived experiment. I remember getting chills when I saw the big country logo was back. And when I saw that design, I knew it was going to be I just knew it was going to be a tough, gritty uh, 
in your face type of album. And it was. And black and red. I mean, that is a color scheme that's just telling you right away that we mean business on this album. This is going to be a hard edged album. We're not going to be, you know, experimenting with this and that. We're going to go back to something that's straight ahead in your face, brutal in a sense, and just tough and it's going to hit you. And that, that's what the art does for me. Um, I don't know anything about who created it. Hopefully, uh, my co-host will know something about it. I don't know, but um, <laughs> I told you that this is the one that had me stumped. So you set me up nicely there. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, did you tell me that? I'm sorry, I forgot. No, that's fine. It, this is the only one that doesn't have a credit on it. So I have no idea who did this cover. I would love to know. Okay. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it, it's it's an interesting image. And again, getting back to my whole T-shirt thing and the whole from a distance thing, I, I can look at this from a distance and it would catch my attention. When the T-shirts came out, I still have the Buffalo Skinners T-shirt that I got at the at the show. I've got two of them, two of them, and they've probably held up better than any uh, concert T-shirt I've ever had. I mean, this is 20 years ago, and I still wear it from time to time. And that was the image: these two big red buffaloes. The album cover was the image. So I think whenever you can put your album cover on a T-shirt, and it's a really cool T-shirt, you've done a good job with the album cover. And uh, yeah, I think they they did a great job on this. I I really think it's a really strong cover and it basically says we're going back to our roots and that's what they did and uh it's a good one for me Mm. yeah i like it a lot too and the thing that impressed me the most with this was not the image or the the title thing on top it was the fact that the big country logo was back and wrapped in those lines with the the compass kind of sticking out from each end yeah and and bam in the middle huge so half the cover is really the big country logo and it's the old logo so that signals something right there that this is back to big country as you know it and the fact that they placed it and smeared it that visibly over over the cover i don't think any cover had such a big big country logo it must might be the biggest one they ever had yeah I think so you're right. um, yeah so that's really a, a statement of intent here they're, they're back it's the old logo. It's the old big country, even though in some levels it is. Other ways it's not, but that's uh, for a future dissection. Right. Um, the simple effect really works. The buffalo, which is sort of obviously flipped, made red. Effective yet simple. And um, uh, I love the idea. I love the concept. I'm so, so impressed with the execution. Um, and I think the fact that... Uh, this was 1993. Technology had only come so far. And it looks like someone had thrown a Buffalo drawing into an early photo editor and flipped it, mm. creating a double effect. And it's uh, probably as good as it was possible to get it at the time. It's a bit sketchy. That might be part of the appeal. You can kind of see around the edges where sort of the borders of the drawing goes. It's it's fairly simple. It sort of reminds me of some of the rarities covers, which are same quality even though the image here is better right and it's and it's simpler and that's actually in its benefit if they tried to be extravagant like they did with some rarities covers and extravagant without the skills to follow through that that's really bad so here they kind of knew that limitation and stopped there and it's good but the idea and the concept is better even better because that's first class uh, I can't say that execution is first class, but uh, it really works. And the T-shirt thing really works. It, uh, the T-shirt motive, spot on. And uh, the logo, huge, gigantic, spot on. So this cover 
uh, did a lot of right. Uh, I obviously feel less of an emotion to the buffalo. You know, we we have very few of them in my parts of the world. So right. that's um, that's something that for for various reasons maybe Americans feel stronger about the buffalo and taps into something there that uh, wouldn't be natural for me to tap into. So um, so th- that's what it is. I think as a cover, it really works. Yeah, I agree with you too, especially about the uh, execution versus the concept. I, I agree. The execution isn't quite up to the level of the concept, but mm-hmm. I really do love the concept. It fits fits beautifully. But one question about the logo. Is is that the first time, do you know, that they used those uh, those compasses or um, they almost look like suns coming out of the top and the bottom? I think it probably was the first time that was used on the logo, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, so they sort of reworked it a little bit. I, I love it. I think that's that's great. That's great. They might have used it here and there, but not on an album sleeve, not on a single sleeve. Yeah, fantastic. And where, where would they have used it otherwise? So, so actually, I sit here with both the European and the U.S. version of the cover, and uh, in the European version, the cover is uh, it's slightly different, especially where the logo is placed. In the European edition, it's placed right in the middle. Mm. In in the U.S., it's placed on the bottom half. Oh, interesting. Uh, so uh, I think size-wise they are equal, but uh, for some reason in the U.S. edition, they wanted to show more of the buffalo, I think. So they moved the logo down, whereas the European edition, it's in the middle. Interesting. I've got both of them, but I, I have to say I prefer it in the middle. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have any strong thoughts about it. I'm, I'm used to the middle one. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at a picture of it right now that probably is clouding my judgment, but uh, it works for me in the middle. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is about the band. It's in the middle and it's huge, and and that's right. And as I think the buffalo works better as a backdrop to the logo than anything else standing out on its own right. Yeah, me too. Anyway, very cool album cover in my opinion. I, this to me, this is uh, number four. Yeah, I have it as number five. Yeah, why the long face indeed. <laughs> the dog with the snout sticking towards the camera, looking like the face is really very long. This is very clever, isn't it? It's a pun, so it's a kind of a joke cover, but I have to say the dog picture is great. Um, the title is kind of charming with the dog picture. It would never work without it, which is something we'll, we'll get to explore a little later. <laughs> uh, so the title is kind of happy, like, why the long face? Cheer up. It's, it's good, you know. Uh, drop the sour face and it's enhanced by some of the band pictures inside uh, there's a picture of the band from the time on the beach uh, throwing stones and then again on the beach in lounging chairs eating ice cream so <laughs> that's a little surreal but uh, in my mind it fits a certain mood of good times I guess of fun and almost carefree days and maybe the album did start out that way and I think Bruce said even though this isn't his favorite album they had a good time making this album uh, unfortunately, it would be a downward slide from here, but uh, it's still an album representing those good times and maybe the end of the good times with Stuart. Uh, the interesting thing is that the reissues of this album don't use the dog image. They use one of the inner pictures of the original release, showing the bands. I'm not sure if they throw rocks or sit there eating ice creams. I think it's the rock-throwing picture. So yeah, the reason... Yeah, okay, good. Uh, or not good. Actually, that's uh, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> so I, he- I heard that the reason they didn't use the original was financial. So obviously the picture of the dog was a stock photo 
taken yes. by our professional photographer and they paid for the rights to use it on the original album printing. So if they wanted to keep using it on subsequent uh, releases, they would have to pay for that over again. So right. a band photo was definitely more economical. But then you miss the pun. You miss the <laughs> right. wide long face and the cute dog. Uh, instead, you have the band sitting there looking happy eating ice cream or throwing rocks in showing happy days <laughs> and and why the long face so uh, that doesn't make sense whatsoever um <laughs> I, I and i must say that, that that is night and day in terms of discussing the cover of this album i really like the dog i think it worked but i'm not sure why they went for an image which they didn't really have the rights to and it seems very short-sighted in many ways so um yeah in in uh, when it comes to ranking this album, not to jump the gun, but just to say there's a difference here. Uh, I'm not sure why they went for an image they didn't have the rights to, and the dog sleeve ranks definitely higher than the stock photos of the band with a title that doesn't make sense. And uh, those pictures are very nice. I love them, but as album covers, come on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now the whole thing about the stock photo, I mean, I think. I don't know what the specifics are around using stock photos and those types of things. I know people have talked about this in the past. I think it was probably cheaper for them to use a stock photo to begin with rather than hire an artist to develop a whole campaign. And I would almost guarantee that that's the reason this photo was chosen. Because if you think about what they were doing at the time, they were with this with this new label, Castle Records, and reading about them um, – a common motif occurs and that from the guys who ran the record company and that is they didn't have any money and i remember reading in the alan glenn book interviews with the guys who ran that company and they were saying how ian was always coming to them saying we, i need more money and they said we just can't give you any more money we can't do what the big record companies did for you so i i'm sure that finances played a role in getting that stock photo and it must have been cheaper at the time and then maybe as you say, relicensing it or something, it was just another fee that they would have to pay down the road, and maybe they decided mm -hmm. just not to pay it and use the use the money for the uh, – or just not have to pay and just use the photos that were already taken for that campaign. So that would be my, my guess as to why that was used in the beginning was just a lack of funds and probably a lack of ability or desire to pay for an artist to come up with the whole concept and develop it. I don't know, but that's what I would go with. Um, right. As far as the cover – I gotta say, I, I really don't like this cover at all. I mean, the pun is kind of cute, I guess. Um, for me, it's kind of one of those jokes that it's kind of funny, but it kind of falls flat. But the thing that I don't like about it, I mean, the picture's fine. It's a it's a nice picture of a dog and everything, but it takes big country. And this this goes back to my own prejudice about the big country music and what I want it to be. So I realize that, but I want big country music and big country images to be larger than life. That's what I love about big country. I love the big themes. I love the the feeling from their music and from the images that they use that there's something bigger than just mundane everyday existence and this is and to strive for something bigger. So this album cover to me reflects just like something very mundane, like a a, a mediocre joke, a picture of a dog. There's nothing on this that that makes me feel elevated as a as a human being you know which is how i love to feel about big country music i mean big themes big images um big things and that's not at all how i feel about this album based on the cover um 
So I, I'll just say it now. This is my least favorite album cover in the catalog. This would be number nine for me. I think the fact that it was a stock photo, too, shows just like very little effort put into it. I mean, yes, it matches the, the pun perfectly, but even that title I don't like because it's kind of, as you say, it's kind of a jokey title. And I, I just don't like that. I don't like jokey things associated with big country music. And maybe that's just my own problem. And I know the band don't always want to appear, as Stuart once said, po-faced about everything, but that's that's kind of what their charm is, you know, and that's, for me anyway. So that's what I want them to be. Um, so I'm not a big fan of this album cover at all. Uh, as far as the pictures, I think they're I think some of them are really cool. I mean, there's one where they're just kind of standing on the beach, looking out into the ocean, and they're kind of like reclining on something, and I like that. Um, the one with them throwing rocks, I just always thought was really goofy. I just I never liked that photo. It's you you can get the you get the sense that they're totally frozen. Like the the photographer says, okay, now arch your hand back, get ready to throw. Now hold that, hold that pose. I mean, it, it just looks so posed to me, and it just looks goofy. Um, the other stuff, eating ice cream and all that, that's kind of cool, but it just like doesn't really work for an album cover. Um, in fact, but but when they replace the dog with the uh, with that shot of them throwing rocks, to me it became like it, it became not WTLF, but it became WTF for me. It's like what the F is this? Um, that's kind of the feeling that I got out of the album cover. And and another what the F moment is when you look in the liner notes of this album, um, they've got all these funny drawings of animals, and I was like, it's kind of interesting, I guess, but. It has nothing to do with anything. It's like it's kind of funny. It's like they've got a drawing of a rhino, of a of a manta ray, of um, of a penguin, of an elephant, and of a giraffe, and of a monkey, and of a yeah. I think I said the pelican, or no, I said a penguin, and they've got a a toucan bird or something in there. <laughs> but it actually makes total sense. You you notice the penguin is right under thunder and lightning. Okay. And the, ele- and the elephant is right above God's great mistake. So clearly, a lot of thought went into this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have to giraffe, take your word for that. And the giraffe is under far from me to you. So he's obviously looking all the way down to whoever it is. So well, they yeah, they could have used the giraffe and had why the long neck or something. You know, I don't know. But, <laughs> yeah. So this one, this one doesn't work for me. I we'll talk more about the album when we get to the album. But as a cover. I, I don't like this cover. I remember being disappointed when it came out, and I'm still disappointed when I look at it. Yeah, so I'm not as disappointed in the dog. The dog gets a seven, but every other one gets a nine. So depending on which one you talk about, it's uh, close to the bottom or the bottom. cover of driving to damascus it's a very interesting cover it's got the band members walking into what looks like an old little church out in the countryside some building and the interesting thing is that they're like all wearing black except for for bruce who's kind of sitting by on this cool looking old red red car and he's sitting there watching them walking in as if he's not going to follow them and um it certainly has a mood to it that i think fits with the album i mean you've got this dour, sad, um, or melancholy feel to this photo. And it's, uh, 
it, it plays through really well with the way that the guys are kind of hunched over as they're walking and they're going into this church and you've got those spiritual themes that come, come into play. And, um, it's interesting. I mean, and, and this was shot in Nashville, I believe. So it's got, you know, that whole feel running through it, which kind of takes its place a little bit in the music too. Um, I, I like the artwork throughout this album um, overall. It's It's got a lot of really interesting little photos that, that sort of convey the same feel. The one that I really like is is this photo of the band where it almost looks like the old painting of The Last Supper. And I'm wondering if they were doing that on purpose, but they're all sitting in a bar and, and they're talking and they've got a couple different angles of it. And it looks like there are 10 of them when it's really just the same images kind of repeated with different angles and that kind of thing. I mean, as an album cover, this is this is one of the few, I think, um, and I guess really this is probably the only one that they've ever had the band on the cover, now that I think about it. Yeah, uh, the only photograph. Yeah, which is interesting, and they, pretty much all their backs are turned to the camera. Bruce is the only one you can make out somewhat. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. It's really like the first pseudo-band photo, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's it's a nice shot. Does it work as an album cover? I I think it does. I I like it. It's not my favorite, but um, yeah. It 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 almost seems like that lowercase logo, as much as I hate it, you know, fits the, fits the mood better in a way tier two because you've got the the big Buffalo Skinners big era big country logo on this, and I don't really feel like this album conveys like big huge sweeping themes the way that i associate with that with that name big country and with that big logo but yeah it's it's an interesting uh design scheme i all i can say about it is that it does convey the sense of melancholy that comes through in the music so from that perspective it works from the t-shirt perspective no i probably wouldn't want that image on a (laughs) t-shirt but uh i don't know what they use for t-shirts during that tour i guess they use something but i can't think of what it would have been no, I have no idea. That's an interesting question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go find that out. <laughs> so while you search for that, um, no, I'm fairly sure this was shot in the Nashville area. And I, I was looking at the video for Fragile Thing earlier. So it seems to be a very old church building. Uh, so I have no idea if this building is a famous location or if there's a significance to it. So if anyone knows, that debate can continue on the Great Divide Facebook page, as it usually does. Yes. So, And I just got to sidetrack quickly here, because uh, while watching that Fragile Thing video, we see Stuart residing at the Drake Motel in Nashville. And we checked it out on TripAdvisor, and that motel ranks 119 out of the 147 hotels in Nashville. Oh, it's wow. some really appalling reviews. <laughs> wow. One of the reviews actually commented on bed bugs. So I hope Stuart didn't get uh, any. Jeez. <laughs> so there you go. Well, it sounds like a good. It sounds like a good spot for for that song then. Yeah, uh, it could have been the song about bed bugs. <laughs> uh, but uh, there is an earlier version of the cover where the big country logo was to the right of that church building and slightly larger. Huh. And uh, also the driving to Damascus was a bit more to the right on the door beneath. So uh, that's courtesy of John's site, of course. Go there if you want to take a look at that version of it. So I think this is the smallest big country logo we ever had on a cover. Yeah, It is tiny. It is minuscule. And uh, I don't know if that's because subconsciously 
they didn't think it was big country music. I think some some of it is, but a lot of it clearly isn't traditional big country music. Right. In any case, the hiding of this cover, and we have to do one uh, kiss allegory in every episode. That's kind of like music for the elder, where they also hid the logo or made it tiny <laughs> because they didn't feel the music on that album was representative of kiss. Yeah. And um, I wonder if this is the same thing going on here. Uh, so clearly they toured driving to Damascus quite a bit, especially in Europe, not so much in the US, but the European tour went on for a while. Um, so uh, clearly they made some sort of stab at, uh, at promoting this thing. So um, this kind of photo, and I, um, I struggle with it. I'm, I'm not sure what to think of this thing. If, if you're gonna make this photo, is it about this big old church? I mean, uh, if you think of the problems they have with the name Big Country and it being labeled as country music, this is the cover shoot to underpin that, that wrong assumption. Mm. <laughs> sort of in the countryside, in front of some church in Yeehaw, big country. Um, I don't know. And even that car. So uh, I I don't get a lot of big countryness from this at all. Yeah. And even added with a tiny logo, I actually struggle with it. So this ranks quite poorly for me as a, as a big country sleeve. It is number nine, or it, it could be number eight, depending on which cover you count for wide long face. So I have that again. So um, I, I struggle with it. I, I, I kind of like the imagery and the glimpses of uh, photos in the booklet. I like them a lot more. And obviously there's two other sleeves for this album. We have the Digipack version, which uses the one photo you mentioned of the band by the bar desk, trying to look relaxed and casual and only moderately successful, I might <laughs> add. Uh, then we have the John Wayne's Dream version, which I guess is a US version of uh, the album, where you have the dark silhouettes of the band outdoors somewhat. And um, I'm not sure I would describe that as a good cover choice either. So there you go. You have three covers, none of which I find super successful. So uh, maybe they didn't quite know. It's interesting that all of these attempts are photos. Yeah. So, um, and uh, feature the band. Yeah, and if you were if you wanted to pull like a whole Beatles Paul McCartney thing on this, you could really go to town with the the way Bruce is posed and <laughs> on the front of this. You know, you could, oh, you, could yeah, definitely. you could come up with all kinds of theories. I mean, all the all the other guys are in black, but Bruce is not, and he's sitting there in his t shirt or his regular shirt, and he's obviously not following them into this church. And yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so okay, well this this ranks a little bit higher for me. I I like it a little bit more, and a lot of that is also influenced by the themes of the photos that were carried throughout, which I do like. So for me, this is number five. Wow. Yeah, I kind of say wow, too, when I look at it. No, <laughs> that's what I got. It's, I'll stick with it. It's number five. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, so for me, it's uh, on the bottom, or it couldn't take a step up if you look at the pathetic attempts of putting photos on my long face. So there you go. That's uh, Driving to Damascus. That brings us to The Journey, which is designed by Bruce Watson Jr. So uh, much like the new era of Big Country, it's a family thing. So I think the entire Watson family is involved on some level with uh, with the band these days. And uh, it took a while for me to understand what it was. And someone actually had to tell me that this cover is uh, 
the big country logo being like uh, it's an eclipse. So uh, I didn't see that. I didn't yeah. see the logo sort of covering for a sun creating an eclipse. So I only saw the Eye of Sauron. And we discussed this on the Facebook group, and some people said they didn't know what that was. So just to clarify, uh, <laughs> in the Lord of the Rings movie, the evil protagonist is called Sauron. And there is a big eyeball of fire which stares across the land from atop a big tower, which is referred to as the Eye of Sauron. So if you search for that and you see the pictures, you might see what I mean. So you have this big eye-like thing with flames around, and that's exactly what it is in the movie. Uh, when discussing this album cover, I, I guess it's natural to look at how album covers have changed from 1983 to 2013. In those 30 years apart, uh, obviously things have changed a lot, where the album covers are less important than they used to be. Um, music consumers stream albums or buy it digitally, so they might never actually see the thing, or they see it in a tiny blurb where they don't necessarily get all the detail. So uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, because this album cover is definitely in the vein of the crossing in that it's the logo really big in your face, something you could spot. But yeah, you do get the feeling that these days, especially not as much as certainly not as much thought is put into album art design. But um, yeah, so it is kind of a, a dying art, maybe. I mean, I, I remember the days when with albums where you would just hold up an album and and look at it while you listen to the music. And those days are long gone, you know. I mean, I, I still will look at a CD cover and look through the liner notes and read it as I listen to something. But quite often, especially even for the journey, the first time I listened to it was uh, was digitally. So I, yeah. I had nothing to go by artistically. And it's it, those two things really used to be joined together so clearly as we saw when we were discussing the first few albums. And it's certainly not really the case anymore. Right. But as far as this album cover goes, I was like you. I, I didn't realize it was an eclipse until later, too. And knowing it's an eclipse has really raised my uh, appreciation for it. But there was another design, too, that I thought was more the Eye of Sauron because there were a couple of designs for this that were yeah. thrown out there. There was another one with like more of the fire behind it. Yes. I, I can't – I don't have it in front of me, so I can't exactly describe it, but you know what I'm talking about. Um but yeah, there there are a lot of things I like about this cover. It's it's certainly not my favorite cover by any means, but it I love the return of the compass. Um, I I remember I don't have the CD book in, booklet in front of me, but I remember having trouble reading the 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 liner notes because of the font that was used. Maybe I would have chosen something else. And plus, like that dark orange on black doesn't necessarily work so well with with text on a background. But that said, I really do like the color scheme of this. Um, Black and orange, I think, works really well, and it, and it kind of evokes a little bit of Steel Town to me, color-wise. It's just mm -hmm. kind of got that sense of hard-edged music, and not that I'm comparing the journey to Steel Town, but it certainly is a hard-edged album and more back to that traditional tough feel of big country that I think you know a lot of us were hoping it would be, and and it succeeded. So again, it's a very simple design. It's using it's using things that were created in the past, but I think it's using them to really strong effect. Uh, so while it's not going to set the world on fire, pardon the pun with the eye of Sauron and all that stuff, 
Um, I think it's a good choice. I think it's a it's a good way to reintroduce the band, and it's and it's going back to that whole concept of just something that's simple, right in your face. And um, I think the eclipse idea is really cool. So I, I like it. It's it's lower on my list than the others, but I like it. Yeah, yeah, and exactly like you, when I noticed that it was an eclipse, then uh, I think uh, my problems was with was with the flames. I thought the flames looked cheesy. Like, oh, there's a big country logo with flames around it. How how cool. <laughs> yeah. And then I say, oh, it's an eclipse. Of course, there would be some sort of that kind of light. And it changed everything. So, yeah, because it does so, look exactly uh, like an eclipse. After you know it, it's like, oh, of course. You know, it looks just like an eclipse. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but it's interesting that none of us took that right off the bat. Yeah. We had to sort of realize it or be told. So, uh, But once you do, it's really cool. Uh, and there's... Um, the front image on the digipack, which has the full-fledged thing with the, the flames or the sort of solar glare around uh, the big country logo. Then you have the inside booklet, which is totally dark, and the sun is gone, and the logo kind of stands on its own, and it's totally dark. Uh, I like that, sort of, how those go. It's kind of like before or after, or during and after. Uh, so... That that was something that was nice. Once I finally got a copy of the album, so yeah. like you, I had the digital version. Then I saw the the images, and there were a couple of versions of that. And I only saw the sort of then stark version when I got the the hard copy. So uh, that gives me a sense of the kind of thinking behind it and the themes and a red thread that uh, used to be in the old days. And perhaps uh, it's a little bit more simplistic. It doesn't have the grand ideas and the numerous EPs to play out and uh, expand on it. But uh, it's still, it's a nice touch and it is a nut back. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that. Now, I probably would have bought the t-shirt with this design on it, my, if it if it had been bigger. That was my only complaint about the t-shirt is that they had they had this eclipse image on the T-shirt, but it was so small. It just like it wasn't big enough for me. I wanted to like fill up the whole freaking shirt. <laughs> then I would have bought it. But instead, I <laughs> instead I bought like the blue shirt with the, uh, which is very cool with the compass right. as large and all that. But uh, but yeah, I like the idea of the eclipse too. In in that it's again we get back to like a big big themes and there's you know an eclipse is a huge event and that's that's cool to me and to associate with big country. There's an eclipse, and I love the fact that big country is causing the eclipse. <laughs> so it's, I like I like the the concept. It's good, but um, yeah, it's it's clearly uh, grabbing stuff from the past and bringing it back into the future. I like it. I like the color scheme, and overall, it's good to me. I I give this a number seven out of nine. Okay, so for me, it's number eight okay. or a seven, depending again on which cover you count for wide long face. Shot! Those are all the covers. I know there are a bunch that we missed as far as um, you know, some of the other releases that were done that were certainly official releases. And let's just – just with the few minutes that we've got left, let's just throw a few of them around. I mean without going into quite the detail that we did with the other ones. I mean uh, I guess if I had to pick a favorite of some of the ones we didn't mention, for me probably would be Through a Big Country. And I know it's got the flames and it's just got a square picture in the middle and you could say – Flames are kind of a cheesy way to express something, but uh, I don't know. Something about that album cover I always really liked, and I especially loved that pose that Stewart was giving. Uh, I loved the, the imagery of that. And when it came out, it came out at a kind of a time when I thought Big Country had broken up, and I wasn't sure what they were doing. And when that album came out, and I saw that they had this greatest hits album out, and with another new song on it, and Save Me, I was really excited. And 
it was great to see that the band was was still around and I don't know. I always really liked that one. I struggled to get past the flames and the cheesiness and the square photo and the stock greatest hits thing. <laughs> what I do, what what I do like about it is the title. I think "Through Our Big Country" is a yeah. great, great title for a greatest hits compilation. Yeah, it really. So, is. so, so that one I like. If I'm gonna pick one cover that I really like, uh, it's sort of an official album, but it's a live one. It's uh, without the aid of a safety net. Mm. I, th- I think that picture of uh, Stuart sort of screaming out, and I can just imagine it being a Shaw at that yeah. moment, and yeah, the guitar awesome. back there, and the very artsy. Uh, clearly, that is a very uh, worked on sleeve, one that they really didn't throw together, like perhaps I feel through a big country, it has a touch right. of that. Uh, right. So, uh, through a um, without the aid of a safety net, definitely is a much more worked on cover and a very, very nice sleeve. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I always wondered though about that album cover and, and through a big country too, if you want to get into that. I mean, both covers featured nothing but Stewart, and I always wondered what the band might have thought of that. You know, I mean, I wonder if there were any feathers ruffled by, by that because. Without the, without the aid of a safety, that is an awesome. We'll talk about this down the road, but what an awesome live album! And the whole band is so great, and as awesome a picture of Stewart as that is, I always wondered, you know, what the band thought about having only Stewart on the cover like that. But uh, yeah, it's still a great shot and a great photo. It's that's almost an iconic photo too of Stewart. So yeah, and I would love that on a T-shirt. Yeah, uh, that would be a perfect on a T-shirt to have that image and a big, big country logo. I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. I, I'm probably not official, but I've seen someone wearing that image before on a shirt, so I know it exists. Shit! We could do a whole other show about single sleeves or some beautiful single sleeves that were done. A lot of them by Julian Baum. The oh my gosh, yeah, that, that's uh, that's uh, like a ten parter. Yeah, all the all the single sleeves, that gorgeous, gorgeous sleeves, and uh, we really don't have the time to get into them. But if you can pick one. One single sleeve, which oh, is your man. favorite. <laughs> and this is really putting you on the spot. And I know I didn't think about this either. Yeah, this is putting me on the spot because I don't have them in front of me to look through. And I, and my, my feelings might change if I um if I had them all to look through. But So I'll just have to go with the one that sticks in my mind the most. And th- I guess that would be where the rose is sewn. I really love that image of, of the rose and and uh, the way that looked. That, that, for some reason, that's sticking in my mind. Again, if, if I could look through the sleeves and I might change my mind on that, but um, where the roses sewn always stuck with me. I always really loved that one. Maybe Wonderland is the one I have to go with off the cuff and we kind of discussed this already. So it's fresh on my mind and maybe that's why I, I go for it. But I think that design is so beautiful. It manages to mix the detailed thing. There's a lot of stuff going on, but it's silhouettes and it's color tones and uh, it's detailed yet simplified. Yeah. And that's that's just wonderful. And that landscape, there's kind of a, a castle in the background, there's the deer, there's the mountains. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I one, love that too. I, I always love that one. Yeah, I really like it. In one way, it reminds me of home. So mm. I, I come from uh, from the part of Norway with all the fjords and the mountains and uh, all of that. So that is especially after I moved away from home and I see that thing and I kind of uh, it it invokes a certain nostalgia. So that's also a, a personal element for me. Nice. But I I always loved it. I, I I'll be honest with you. I, as much as I wasn't a huge fan of the piece in our time art too, I, I really did like um, some of the uh, sleeves more. Like uh, I'm looking at some of the photos now and I really like I remember really liking I mentioned the swallow on the king of emotion single I always liked that and I liked the broken heart too with the little cupid um there but uh that was cool and 
but it's clearly the Steel Town stuff and the Crossing stuff that that era and whatever came between it was the best. I mean, as you said, Wonderland. I, I was thinking of that as an almost its own album, but so yeah. I didn't think of that offhand. But that that's an incredible piece of work, and probably for me for the Crossing, it would have to be probably that Fields of Fire one, which which is the where the only four left image of the guys sitting there underneath whatever whatever structure that was that appeared in a lot of those images but um all that stuff is great it is it's wonderful maybe they can tap into that again you know obviously if they have those books those pictures are now in the public domain yeah you hear that guys <laughs> use it again that's go right back. go back and use some you didn't use before that would be re- yeah. really cool yeah it's like i said the, the, the cue is if you have those books because uh, none of us have managed to find any of them i've, I've no. been looking for the past few years yeah, exactly. So yeah, go find them. Now you know Julian's out there and he's got one, so reconnect with him. Yep. In fact, reconnect with Julian Baum for the next album. I'm sure he'll yep. work out a deal with you. Just contact the Great Divide Podcast, we'll set you up. That's right. All right, that's going to wrap it up for episode 25 of the Great Divide podcast, our silver anniversary edition. Thanks so much for listening, as always, and thanks so much for helping us get to 25 episodes. I can't believe we've gotten to 25 episodes. My wife was asking me recently when I was going to record one of the more recent ones. She said, haven't you guys run out of things to talk about yet? And she's a huge Big Country fan, but obviously we have not run out of things to talk about because we'll be back with episode 26, 27, 28, and we've got all those planned, so it's not going to be too long. But in the meantime, about that contest that we mentioned at the beginning of the show. All right, here are the specifics. Here's how it's going to work. Basically, Svine and I are going to come up with 10 questions related to the podcast. We're going to post those questions on our Facebook page for you guys to answer. And if you don't do Facebook, email us at bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you the questions, and you can send the answers back to us that way. Basically, the questions are going to be related to the podcast, and they're going to be related to the past 25 episodes of the podcast. Some of the questions will be things like, who said what? For example, we'll have a quote from a podcast that's pretty recognizable as far as what it, was, what it would be about. We're not going to pick anything too obscure or too hard, but we'll pick a quote. You've got to tell us who said the quote, what episode it came from, and give us a little context about what the quote was about. Okay? So some of the other questions might be some factoids about the show. For example... What was Fine's favorite B-side of all time? Something like that. So we'll put the 10 questions up on Facebook. You guys answer them. And if you answer them all correctly, your name will be entered into a drawing that we will conduct on the Yuletide episode. So see, it's a multifaceted competition here. Answer the 10 questions correctly. That's just part one. If you do that and you got to answer them all correctly, you get put in the hat on the Yuletide episode. We will draw a name randomly. And that person will win the coveted In a Broken Promised Land 7-inch. So thanks again to John Guvea for providing that for us because uh, that's really cool. And he provided something else for us too, which we're going to use on another contest in the future. So thank you, John, for all that stuff. Some great stuff. And I really wish that Great Divide uh, hosts could win this thing. But we're not eligible, unfortunately. But I can at least look at them. Anyway, so that's how the contest works. Hopefully that makes sense. The, the questions should probably be up on our Facebook page by the time you're listening to this. If not, they'll be up there soon. And again, if you don't do Facebook, just email us at bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com. We'll give you the specifics and we'll send you the questions. So if you want to do it, do it. And you have a good chance of winning that great 7-inch, which is really a rarity at this point. 
So again, thanks so much for listening to this. Hope you enjoyed this discussion of the album cover artwork. Hope you really enjoyed the Julian Baum interview in particular. I know we did, and we got a ton of great feedback for that interview. So thank you so much for that. And thank you, Julian, if you're listening to this. Thank you so much for doing it. Julian has, has said to me that he's up for doing a part two at some point. So we'll be uh, trying to fill in any gaps that we missed uh, on the first interview and ask him anything that we realize we wish we would have asked him the first time. So hopefully we'll be able to do that down the road. So in the meantime, as always, if you want to contact us, as I said, bigcountrypodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Rate us on iTunes. And we will see you next time. And the next episode will be all about the BBC box set, the great BBC box set. We'll be dissecting that, talking about each CD, the content on each CD, and telling you what we think of it. So that will be up soon. And on behalf of Svine, this is Tom signing off. Take care. We'll see you soon. Pick up a brand new-